Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 140 of Yoga Land. Today, my guests are Jason Freeman and Jamie Martin Lee. This interview is one of my favorites in a really long time. It's the kind of interview that I love to do. It's the kind of interview that drew me to doing this kind of work in the first place. And it is basically Jason's story of how yoga changed his life for the better and had a huge lasting impact and still continues to on his life. And then as just an extra bonus, Jamie is Jason's yoga teacher. And Jason and I both kind of simultaneously had the idea to have Jamie on as well to talk about their relationship and to sort of show that, you know, as we know, there are many great yoga teacher-student relationships. And to just kind of remind ourselves that if you're out there doing the work of teaching, that you could be making a huge difference in someone's life and not even know it. So I want to give you a little bit of background about both of them. Jason is a professional speaker and author and bravery coach who travels the country sharing his inspirational and transformative journey. He's done a TED Talk. He has a book called Awkwardly Awesome, Embracing My Imperfect Best. And that is really his message. He was born with cerebral palsy, and he talks a little bit about that. It left him with a speech impediment and some balance and coordination issues. And Jason pitched me to be on the podcast. And I have so many guests on my mind all the time and so many ideas that I I don't often just do podcasts from cold pitches via email. But he wrote the perfect pitch. And so for those of you who are wondering what's the perfect pitch, I'm going to actually read this to you because I got his pitch and I just thought, I really want to talk to him. So he says, Yoga came into my life about 10 years ago when I was firmly entrenched in the story that cerebral palsy would forever limit my life. I was very tired of my pronounced speech impediment and coordination differences. I had a profound dissatisfaction with my body not being normal. Luckily, I finally became desperate enough that I walked into my first yoga class, not knowing if I could do it or if I would be accepted. What I found shocked me and my eyes filled with tears as I think about it at this moment. The yoga community embraced me with open arms. Now, 10 years later, I absolutely love being in my body and what it can do, and I'm a professional speaker who travels the country, motivating audiences to do their imperfect best. So, Jason is just a really thoughtful, awake person, and I'm excited for you to get to know him a little better. I also want to talk a little bit about Jamie. Jamie is based in San Diego. She's a yoga teacher based in San Diego. She has actually done the advanced teacher training with Jason, and that's how we got to know Jamie well. Jamie made the leap to become a yoga teacher in part because she lived with chronic leukemia for 10 years. And so she just decided to change her life, and she moved to San Diego, and she started her training, and now here she is doing what she loves. I'll put links on the show notes page to both of their websites and all of the places that you can find them and enjoy the interview. So welcome both of you to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here and I'm really happy that you're here together. Yeah, thank you so much. And I want to start with you, Jason, and I want to just ask you, because I think it will help people give context for who you are. 
what happened to you very early in your life? What happened to you during your birth? Thanks, Angie. In retrospect, I, I got very lucky, but I didn't think, think that way for most of my life. Mm-hmm. What, what happened at my birth is I came a few weeks early and surprised my parents in the middle of the night. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> and right away I found out that it wasn't a good thing to do because adults are either sleeping in the middle of the night or busy doing other things. And either way, they don't want to be disturbed. Luckily, my parents have clear heads and got us to the emergency room in good time, but in the process, my umbilical cord got kinked like a garden hose, which makes it hard for me to say my umbilical cord got <laughs> like a garden hose. <laughs> you say it very well. Thanks. As a result, I developed a pronounced speech impediment and some coordination differences. The official quote-unquote name of my condition is cerebral palsy. Okay, okay. Cerebral palsy. I should know how to pronounce what I have. (laughs) I just don't. Man, it's just a label. So I really have so enjoyed watching some of the speeches that you've done. You did a TED Talk. I actually thoroughly enjoyed your, the um, what is it called? The real... um, Sizzle. The sizzle reel. Yeah, that's a good emphasis on sizzle. Sizzle. Sizzle reel. And one of the things that I so appreciate about you, as I'm sure so many other people do, is your sense of humor. But it sounds like it was not so easy for you growing up and that the speech impediment and other issues really affected you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you've made such a phenomenal turnaround in your life. So even though I was lucky as a kid, I had two, I have two wonderful parents and I had a lot of friends and stuff. When I was really young, I just was my myself. My folks said I, I was the best and I just went along being the best me. But around in, in fourth grade, I started lugging around and going, huh, somebody here has a different body and a different voice and is not the other kid. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And from that point, I started wanting to be different than I was. I wanted to have a different body than I had, a different voice than I had, and and so I basically embarked on a 25-year ex- year experience being a, a battle with who I was. And, yeah. and I can say from that experience that that doesn't work the best. Mm. Well, I mean, gosh, I know so many people who can, I, I know that people are out there shaking their heads yes, because I am too. Like, I think that one of the things that's so great about your message, and I want to keep letting you tell your story, but I just want to, in, to interject this. One of the things that's so great about your message is that no matter what, we pick something to be at war with ourselves about. 
And it seems like you are very clear about that now. So you had a 25 year feeling of just wanting to resist what is and like who you are. And so how did you start to turn that around? Like what was the turning point for you? So I had just graduated with my master's of fine arts and poetry, my MFA, and but I didn't want to teach. So I was back in my hometown working the same job I had had for for 10 years. And it was a good job, but it's not what I wanted to be doing. And I I realized... I was still miserable in my body. I was miserably stressed out. I I couldn't concentrate. I was worried about anything and everything. And so luckily I remembered that one of my friends plus my aunt, aunt and uncle um, suggested that I try yoga. Oh, okay. And, and at the time they suggested it, I resisted it. I'm like, what? I mean, you see me, I have cerebral palsy. I don't do yoga. That's for (laughs) people who do yoga, and that's not me. But I was so desperate living in Sioux Falls, South Dakota in in January. It's miserably cold. Mm -hmm. And so I, I bundled up in my heavy coat and walked down to the Sioux Falls YMCA and got a membership with the intention of doing yoga. I didn't even do yoga that first day. Oh, well, what did you, did you do anything or did you just sign up and go home? I just signed up, but I knew the intention, my intention yeah. was to go to a yoga class. Yeah. But, but, um, but just that small action of going down there and, and getting a membership changed the course of my life, changed literally everything. No, not literally. I still have the same name. I was Jason <laughs> before, and I'm Jason now. Yeah, yeah. Get the picture. <laughs> so I just, I'm like interjecting again, but I also want to say that I hear so many stories of people who take their first yoga class at a Y and any, all of those teachers out there listening who are teaching at a Y, I hope you hear this. Like, I just want to just sort of drive the point home that you can be there teaching, doing your little gig and not knowing that someone walks into the room and you, not literally, but you change their life. (laughs) So, Jason, so what was your first yoga class like? You know, obviously we have Jamie here because Jamie's been a hugely influential teacher to you. But was was Jamie your first teacher? And was she at your first class or was it a different kind of class? I met Jamie much later. I've I've had a few yoga journeys in my Mm -hmm. last 10 years. My first class, I know my first teacher her name was Sarah and, and she she's like you said probably just teaching at the Y because her heart's in it and she loves yoga but anyway so I, I walk in there I'm stressed out un- uncoordinated 
I have no idea what's going on. I'm basically there at the time, probably because I'm stressed out, but probably because I'm single and desperate to meet women. (laughs) But she had the gift of just presenting yoga to me in a way that I didn't feel like an outcast, but I... I felt free to do what I could, and <laughs> she offered adjustments. And she, after class, she she encouraged me to come back. Just very simple kindness, but so life changing. <laughs> so life changing. That's so awesome. And so, you, did you want to go back after your first class? Like, did it? Were you like, yeah, this feels good in my body. I can do this. Or were you sort of like? okay, I will try it again and, you know, see how it feels. No, I I, I lucked out. I was interested in it in right away, way away after that class. And there were women there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I went back. <laughs> good, good. One of the things that you said to me in one of your emails was that you noticed that you were breathing shallowly. And so is that something that you noticed right away? And were you able to consciously change that? I don't know if I noticed it right away, but with the first few weeks and and I started to try to change it. it it's taken me the whole 10 years to get to where I'm I think now I naturally breathe at a deeper level, but it, it's, it's been a process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were like standing back, observing yourself, and you were to put Jason before yoga, side by side next to Jason now, obviously there are a lot of shifts, but what are some of the shifts that you feel most proud of? in terms of how yoga has helped you? So number one, the Jason now would be very much more likely to do a down dog. Uh (laughs) Good, good. Some of the shifts I'm most proud of, thanks, it's a great question. I mean, before I went to the first yoga class, I basically tolerated my voice. I felt it wasn't necessary evil to communicate in the world versus now. Now I'm a professional speaker and I'm starting to go more and more places around the country. Now I inspire audiences to, to do their imperfect best with what they have to create the life they want Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you feel like you've done that right i've done it and i'm in the in the process of continuing to do it i i feel there's always the next level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sure sure of course yeah and i feel like part of the reason i still do my practice after more than two decades is, is not always because i love doing it but because it helps me remember who I am, it helps, Mm. you know what I mean? It helps me to remember the beauty of being alive. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you and Jamie meet? 
how long ago was that, that you started taking Jamie's class? Oh my gosh, probably a few years ago now. Yeah. 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 It's been a long time and we've recently been taking private lessons together and we've chatted before and after class ever since first meeting Jason and have developed this friendship and really powerful teacher-student relationship over time. And like Jason is just one of those people who lights up a room when he walks into it and and you want to get to know him and he always gives a little bit of humor and a little bit of sass during class and it's always really wonderful and (laughs) playfulness and his incredible ability to walk in and show up no matter what's going on in his life and he's fully present and it's really admirable and inspiring to watch as a teacher and he's just an incredible person and he really adds a lot to not just my classes but to everyone's life that he comes into contact with at our studio and out in the world yeah jason you strike me and i could be wrong about this but but you strike me as somewhat of an extrovert as someone who is pretty comfortable walking up to someone and talking to them. So did you feel that way with your yoga teachers? And did you initiate a relationship with them? Or did you kind of wait until they initiated a relationship with you? So in the last 10 10 years, I I have, I'm progressively more extroverted. Mm -hmm. And maybe I always was, but it's expanding exponentially. Originally, was initiating a relationship with my yoga teachers would would look like would be coming up and asking them a a question about yoga after class mm-hmm. because because I just didn't know so much about yoga and I still don't but I know more than I did so mm-hmm. I would come up and ask question after question and and the teachers seem to like it and be interested in telling me stuff and showing me stuff and so gradually that builds a, a friendship yeah i am just wondering for people out there who go into a class and maybe they have some you know a physical challenge that it makes it harder for them to do yoga like if you would encourage that they take the initiative and go talk to the teacher or, you know, I don't know, just if you have any advice for other people, because, and also I would ask this question of you too, Jamie, in terms of being a teacher and how to make people feel welcome and included. Because I think that some, like you mentioned, Jason, it's scary sometimes to go into a room where you have no idea what you're doing and everyone else seems to have an idea of what they're doing. And I think that if you don't make that connection with a teacher, it might be easier to just say, oh, I can't do this. I can't come back. This is such an excellent point. I, I would very much encourage people listening. If, if you're at all like, I have something going on and there's a million things that million physical variations of things going on, I would encourage you, especially if you're new to a teacher, to come 10 or or 15 minutes early. Mm. Well, I'm not always great about coming to class early, uh, (laughs) full disclosure, but, (laughs) but, 
but please try and come all the way in and, and take the te teacher aside and say, hey, this is what's going on in my body today. How do you think I should modify if I need to or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I like think from a teacher's perspective, it's nice to know that that student is interested in learning something and that they don't have to fit into a particular mold or yoga journal cover photo type of posture. And sometimes as the teacher too, if you see someone struggling, you know, of course, going over and asking, you know, what giving modifications or offering advice, you don't always know what's also attached to that. And so I don't want to feel like I'm invading their space or their privacy. So when a student makes it known to me, it also makes me feel more comfortable to offer suggestions and how to enhance their own embodiment and celebrate it rather than feel like they have to be a certain way. I think I made this, this was a total rookie mistake when I first started teaching, which is if there was like a very tight guy in the back mm. of my classroom, I would lavish with, <laughs> this is embarrassing. I would like lavish him with attention and yoga right. blocks and blankets and things like yeah. that. And now I realized, well, I realized actually after I did it a few times that it, it made them feel like they were under a microscope and mm -hmm. it made them feel like they stuck out even more as being quote unquote right. different. You know what I mean? Right. Singled out in some way. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. right. Yeah. And then, you know, at a certain point, it's, you know, you offer your modifications or your adjustments and then you let it go and, and allow them to really be in their own body and take care of themselves how they need to mm -hmm. and offering that space for people as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Jason, I want to go back for just a moment to kind of your experience of transformation through yoga and just, I would love to know for you there's so many different layers that yoga affects, right? It affects us physically and then it affects our breath, which we talked about. And then obviously it, it affects us psychologically, like something, you know, there's really this opportunity to experience mental shifts. So yeah. did you feel like it kind of happened all at once or did you feel like you noticed some physical changes or like being able to do things that you hadn't ever thought you could do and that that had a cascade effect? Yeah, um, I, I feel it's definitely had a cascade effect and, and that, that's one of the reasons I keep, aside from the fact that I love doing yoga, I, that I keep coming back time after time because I know it's a practice, uh, that accumulates and and gets more vast the more the more I do it and at the beginning I was very much interested in the visual components that at first I could balance balance pretty well and I didn't think I could do that and I was like oh my <laughs> and then I saw my classmates doing handstand. And then I was obsessed. I got <laughs> obsessed with kicking up into a handstand. You and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I spent like three or four years. I'm doing yoga, but but I want the peak of my experience to be kicking up into a handstand and 
And I got, I, I achieved it. I got so I could kick up with both legs against the one leg at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, against yeah. the wall. But then I started becoming more fascinated with how yoga was translating into the rest of my life. How I started sequencing my days better hmm. so that I could be more, not only more efficient, but more present and, and more in, in the day and, instead of in my head. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, that is where I'm at now. That's really neat. I've never really thought of it that way, but I understand what you mean, I think by it makes you just much more intelligent about how you live your your daily life and i don't know i think for me as a teacher i enjoy so much watching students progress but not necessarily in their asana postures but how jason just beautifully describes how it translates over into their life and how they create this deeper connection with themselves and can live a more authentic and life that really reconnects them to their wholeness and that is really, really cool to watch as you can start to see that click for students in the room over time. Yeah, I was actually wondering that, Jamie. I was wondering, obviously, Jason, when you started with Jamie, you had been doing yoga for several years. So you already had like a strong practice and like a strong understanding of the practice. But I'm wondering either with Jason or with other students, do you have a sense when you do your job of the impact you're having on people? Or does it feel really great in moments like this where we're doing an interview and someone's talking about it to actually yes. hear them? You know what I mean? Like, do you yes, have a sense? Yeah. Because yeah. like you had said to me before, yoga teaching can be a very lonely job. And when Jason first expressed his like gratitude to me and for my teaching, I was like, really? Wow. That's, wow. Oh, okay. You know, it was like this moment of disbelief because as you know, you get very little, if any, feedback from students. And then I start to go down that road of, am I saying the right things? Am I doing enough? Was that too challenging? Was it not challenging enough? Am I, am I philosophizing enough? Am yeah. I too, you know, going down all these what ifs and I paved my road with self-doubt. And, mm. you know, it comes back to the lesson, one of the greatest lessons that I learned from Jason Crandall's teaching and training was that to trust the yoga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think about that every single day and how as teachers, we're not really trying to improve upon or build anything up. We're just helping people strip away the layers and overcome those perceived obstacles. And if I remind myself of that, then I feel much more comforted and content. But having this conversation and, and knowing Jason, this Jason here now, I'm incredibly honored and it does give me a really deep sense of personal contentment and makes me feel like I'm living at least a part of my own dharma. And oh, it's, that's good. It's pretty, oh. pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. That's so good. You know, well, first of all, I want to say Jason Crandall is going to be very happy that his name came up in this conversation. As you know, it makes me so happy that those words are helpful to you. He is really, he's really wise when he wants to be. <laughs> and I also just want to say when Jason brought up the idea of having you on the podcast, I was like, this is a great idea because I think that right now, in the, 
like since the Me Too movement kind of came to the fore, there's so much examination of the teacher-student relationship and the guru-student relationship. And there have been far too many abusive relationships and terrible things happening. And I think it's an important conversation. I'm totally in no way belittling that. But it's so, so nice to have an example of a healthy, beneficial, a reminder to mm-hmm. everyone out there. There, you know, there are so many healthy, beneficial teacher-student relationships. And if you are a healthy teacher with good boundaries, you are probably affecting people more than you know. Well, I hope so in certain ways. You know, I would would love to be able to connect with Jason's first teacher, Sarah, and be like, do you know what you've created? Like, this is really incredible. And And, and unfortunately, I've lost touch with Sarah, so don't think she has any idea. Mm. It's listening. I don't know, but I hope so, but... Hi, Sarah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe someone knows Sarah and can pass the podcast along. And, and, you know, like I get so much after and with working with Jason, you know, he's as much my teacher as, you know, I feel like Jason Crandall too, where I learn so much and he pushes me to be a better and more observant and mindful teacher. And I think that it only helps me in so many ways and outside of the mat and off the mat outside of the studio too. So it's a real gift to have such a mutual admiration, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mutual admiration and respect. Absolutely. Admiration and flow of knowledge. This gives me goosebumps to talk about. Like, on Sunday, I threw my back out a little bit. And then on on Tuesday, Jamie and I had a, a lesson, and... And she was able to help me me with get relief through stretches and stuff. And I'm like, oh, where did you learn all these stretches? <laughs> on a YouTube video or in a book or something? And she's like, no, Jason Crandall taught us all these stretches. So teaching ripples out so amazingly beyond the teachers mind-boggling that is true huh it is really mind-boggling and also it's kind of nice like one of the things i see happening with with my jason is i just in the last five to ten years i've seen him grow so much as a teacher in terms of trusting his own insights Mm. and so that's kind of like another really cool stage is once the teacher has taught you know it varies from teacher to teacher but when they just feel really Uh, sure of themselves and kind of grounded in their experience, then they can take the ripple and they can like ripple it in a slightly different direction, according to who's in front of them. I'm seeing that more and more, which is, and I'm such a rule follower, you know, I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm finally accepting that it's good to change yoga, that, I mean, it's necessary and important and good. So, but he's not a rule follower. Did you know this? Did you know this? You must know this. I kind of know that. But yeah. like, I'm more like you, Andrea, where I'm like, no, my teacher said this. It has to be like this. Or yeah. this is what it is. And, you know, so, yeah, I have sometimes a difficult time kind of going outside of my own box. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting to hear you say, say this because one thing I like about your classes so much I mean, aside from the fact that you're, you're really funny and made me laugh all the time, 
but you are so creative. I've never been to one of your classes that's been exactly like another one of your classes. That's true. You're always trying new things. It is fascinating. Even last night, we were trying... Doing weird things, yeah. Doing weird things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were doing weird things. Okay, and on from that question. And we are in the best possible. Okay, Jason, you brought up handstand. I want to go back to that for a moment. I know you talked about it in the email. I want to make sure we make the end of your handstand clear uh, story clear to listeners, which is that you saw handstand. You obsessed about handstand. You spent a long time learning to do handstand. You freaking nailed handstand. And now, how do you feel about handstand? So it's interesting you should ask, Andy. Because, like, I I um got all of that handstand success and was kicking up against the wall like three or four times a week, and then and then I went for a year or two where I would kick up like successfully once every four months or six months. I I mean I would try, but I just wouldn't kick up and and now I've started doing privates with private lessons with Jamie and handstands kind of uh, it's pretty much a peak pose again but but this time it's I'm going at it with a with much different energy it's like I don't have to get it and mm-hmm. full disclosure I haven't kicked up into a handstand yet since we've been working on it but but I know eventually it'll happen it won't happen and either way it's it's fun working on it right but but I I really think it will happen (laughs) I'm sure it will happen if you want it to happen I brought it up because I think that this is something so many people need to hear about their practice which is that practice changes over time and that's okay. And that's sort of how it's supposed to be because we change over time. Our needs change over time. Our desires change over time. And you nailed the pose and now you're not overly identified with it. Mm. You know, and I think, I think sometimes people, there's like a little, I see a little bit of a tendency in yoga right now for that people are criticizing quote unquote advanced poses like, Oh, there don't need to be advanced poses. It's all ego or, And there are certainly some poses that could be, that are just, I think, straining for most people's bodies. Like I'm thinking more of deep flexibility poses that could be eliminated from the canon. But I think it's a mistake to, to devalue certain challenging poses because they teach us to work with ourselves physically. And then they also just, they just teach us about our ego. You know, they just teach us we get that satisfaction and that's, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And then we can say, Oh, 
I don't, that's not who I am. I'm not, my life, my whole life doesn't feel different because I did handstand, but I do feel good about myself and I can walk away knowing that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know like for myself personally, growing up, I was a gymnast and everything I did was for show and for scores. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big part of who I was. And when I first started practicing yoga, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to have this competitiveness. I don't, nobody cares what I can and can't do with my body. And it was more of an internal thing. And then learning how to kind of quiet those stormy days of the mind going nuts. And it was just a really nice relief from some of that like external pressure mm -hmm. um, and external pressure as well. And I think that you're right. that like the challenging postures, some of them in particular really are so valuable. And like you said too, Andrea, I think some of them like, okay, like, do I need to stand up with my leg behind my head? You know, like, yeah. maybe not. You know, okay. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Right? I don't think even like 10 years ago for myself, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And it's the same yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I love that about your two, two, three class that you teach some poses that, that are always beyond what, what I'm capable of today. But but I, I've learned, and this is so important, that that I just try the beginning stages of the pose and I, I stop where I need to stop so I I don't injure myself. And mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I'm down a lot when I teach, so I feel like that also, like, gives students the ability, like, to learn, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. And just because a teacher, like, I, I can't do all of the poses perfect, like, you know, all mm -hmm. the time. So I fall. And I think that it also, like, gives the example that it's okay to fall down and like let's just get back up and try again you know because I fall a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I didn't know that about you <laughs> all the time in that that's really a, a different perceptions like I I wouldn't say oh <laughs> you, you fall a lot I, I wouldn't uh, at least twice a week yeah <laughs> I, I, uh... <laughs> I didn't know that Jamie I would never guess that <laughs> Oh my gosh. If it's not sliding on the floor, like I've tripped over props, like, yeah, it, yeah. I'm, middle name should be Grace, honestly. Yeah. So Jason, something that you mentioned in your speeches, is, and I think you even said at the beginning of the podcast is that, well, I, I might be putting words in your mouth slightly, but you now see what used to be something that felt like such an impediment, like your speech impediment or coordination difficulties. Like you now see those as a gift. Mm. Can you talk about that? Well, yes, I I love to. In, in the old, old days, quote unquote, ten years ago, I was so certain that I knew that my voice was a hindrance, that I knew my voice was disabling me. But I realized that I, I was totally mistaken i that certainty came from a fear i had about myself and about living life fully but now that that i use my voice and my body in in this new way through yoga and public speaking 
is it's all becoming a great gift, a phenomenal gift, a mag miraculous gift, and and that that's really fortunate because this is the body and the voice I have in this life. So it's fortunate that I feel gifted about it now mm. because. You have one line that you said that I think is so poignant, which you say, I spent years being at war with myself, being at war with what is, I almost missed my life. I think so many of us, we, you know, we do it in small ways all the time. And we're really very, I can't think of a different word right now. We're really very blessed if we have the opportunity to even have moments of not missing our life, Mm. you know? Absolutely. So Jason, if you could go back and say something to boy, you know, fourth grade or in high school or early adulthood, if you could say something to that boy who was struggling, what would you say? The first thing that comes to mind is, is I would say, say, boy, find you live in South Dakota. You haven't heard of yoga, but but find out about it. Figure out how to get to a class. And, and yeah, you might try to convince yourself that it's boring, that you can't do it. That, but you, yeah, when you, you try something new, the ego is going to try to convince yourself. No, but just stick with it just stick with it and and start to see the perspective that it offers you i i mean i have a lot more advice but i was start with that because when i was so stressed out and miserable in my body it's like i i couldn't i would hear tons of good advice and there's like so much amazing wisdom out there but I was so stressed out and miserable that I, my body almost didn't have the capacity to do anything with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. That makes a lot of sense. So in a way, yoga was restorative to your to you physically and, that, and then that probably was restorative to you in all the ways. I would say both restorative and expansive mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I just have one more question, Jason. I, I just would love to know what it feels like to be able to now stand on a stage and speak to audiences and be completely yourself. Last, I immediately, as you asked that, I think of last Tuesday when I spoke to a few hundred fifth through eighth graders, and and I was up there being myself and and asking questions, and and the students were just so 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 happy to be there and so happy to answer questions, but yet so respectful and and they would calm down when I wanted to talk more and and it just it just feels like joy to 
to be part of that type of dance of interacting with with an audience, something that for most of my life I didn't think would would be a part of my life, and especially not a jo- not a, a, a utterly jo- joyful part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jason really embodies how sometimes our perceptions of obstacles can really become great and wonderful opportunities for growth and for sharing your story and inspiration and how through the practice of yoga, the physical practice and the, of course, the mental and the other parts too, really comes this freedom to be Mm. who you truly are. And I think that he's just such a wonderful example of that and how transformational this practice really can be. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, thanks so much, you guys. Thanks for being here. It's just great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you feel inspired to embrace yourself and your life this week. Well, every day, really, but we all need reminders. And if you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. I love your support. Thanks so much. And until next week, enjoy your practice.